All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. A lot going on today. We started with uh, some NBA. Philly and Denver getting big wins last night. Dylan Brooks will not be back in Memphis. Your non-shocking story of the day. Plus, that Lakers-Warriors series begins tonight. We'll start breaking that down. Longhorn fans, if you're looking for that Bijan Atlanta jersey, you're going to be rocking number seven. Interesting choice there. We talked about Bijan uh, going to get Michael Vick's old number, if you will. They did not retire it. In fact, the kicker was wearing it. But now Bijan is going to take over number seven in Hotlanta. We've hit all that. Plus, we've got basketball uh, on the college side to get into right now. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. And we head to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline to talk with Keenan Womack from orangebloods.com. If you're on Twitter, at Keenan Womack for a follow. Keenan, we appreciate the time. How are you? Man, I'm fantastic. I appreciate you gentlemen for having me on. Yeah, it was really good stuff last time, and we wanted to follow up on a few things. Obviously, there's been there's been good and bad news with the uh, Texas men's team. Let me dive in on the, the, the negative side first, if I'm a Texas fan. The Ron Holland story. How surprised were you to hear about that that change, and are you and do you have a gut right now for where he does end up? Yeah, so I had heard about two weeks before um, that there was potential for this to happen. Um, I wasn't sure that it would happen, but once I had enough pieces put together, I wasn't super surprised when it broke. Um, I think it's between the G League and Arkansas right now for him. Uh, I could see his playing, uh, going pro, playing for the G League Ignite, or um, playing for Musclemen in uh, Fayetteville. Yeah, you know, Keenan, when it comes to Ron Holland, I know Horn fans are disappointed. And one thing that it made me think about was C.J. Miles back in early 2000s. C.J. Miles coming out of Dallas, committing to Texas, and then going to these McDonald's All-American, you know, All-Star games and whatever All-Star games he went to. And then these NBA scouts start telling you, you know, you might be ready for pro ball. And you don't have to go the college route. You don't have to write papers and worry about taking tests. You can worry about working on your game and getting to the next level. And if he goes to Arkansas, it would be really odd. But him going the G League route at this point, you're starting to see mock drafts, him potentially being number one in 2024. You can't blame the kid. Oh, yeah. No, I'd never blame anybody for going pro in anything. It's kind of like the term selling out, right? Like uh, Tyler, the creator, the rapper once said, if you're selling out, that means people want what you're selling. And so that's sort of the equivalent of, of going pro immediately. It's like, yeah, if you're good enough to do that, there's no reason not to. So, you know, if you're a Texas fan, obviously being disappointed makes sense. But, like, you can't be angry. It also reminds me a little bit of a guy who went to my high school, Josh Bell, who was a Texas baseball recruit. Uh, and wrote a letter to all these teams saying, I don't want you to trap me because I'm going to play for Texas. And then the Pirates were like, we're going to draft you in the second round and then hand you a $5 million signing bonus. And he was like, you know what? 
That sounds like a good plan, and nobody was mad at him at all. <laughs> plans change. Plans can always change. Uh, we're talking with Keenan Womack. Yeah. yeah, talking with Keenan Womack, orangebloods.com. All right, Keenan, the last time you were on with us, we asked you about Arterio Morris. You said you felt like he was going to be uh, was not going to be coming back to Texas. But tell me about this ultimate decision uh, to go to Kansas. How much of a kick in the teeth is that if I'm a Longhorn fan? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is unfortunate, but that that really is just the name of the game right now. I mean, if you'll remember, Tyrese Hunter played at Iowa State, and he went to Texas. I mean, that's basically the same level of interconference betrayal that, that Texas benefited from with the Tyrese Hunter acquisition. Um, so, you know, uh, Arterio, wish him all the best. Um, he's a really good player. I think he'll definitely carve out a role in the NBA. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, of a Marcus Smart type, uh, just a really good perimeter defender, pretty good creator, good rebounder for his size, strong. Um, so yeah, it's definitely unfortunate that he went to Kansas, the uh, you know across the conference. But that's the name of the game now, man. You uh, you got to expect these kind of things from players. They're they're looking out for themselves, and they should be. Speaking with Keenan Womack of Orange Bloods, Keenan. Max A. Smith, him committing, that is big time. I mean, him at Oral Roberts, I remember watching him for the first time in the March Madness tournament a couple of years ago with Kevin O'Banner. And those guys, man, they were really lighting it up. And A. Smith, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Trey Young. What do you think with him coming to the 40 Acres that's going to bring for Coach Terry's crew? Uh, that's huge, man. I mean, as good as Ron Holland is, we've seen that college basketball, a lot of it is about experience. Guys who have played college basketball a lot. And while Ron Holland is absolutely a special talent that I, I wish the best for, because he's, he's a really good kid. I interviewed him a couple of times. Super nice, respectful dude. Um, but getting a guy like Abemiz is so important because he's done it in the tournament. He hasn't averaged less than 22 points in, like, four seasons. Uh, he's an absolute just stud shooter. Uh, he can attack the rack. He's not an above-the-rim finisher, but he's still an effective rim finisher, despite only being six feet tall and not having crazy hops. Um, he's the type of guy that you can have as your best player and compete for, you know, a Big 12 championship. He's that level of good. He had a couple of rough games this season um, against uh, high major talent, but he's shown what he's able to do uh, against these high major teams in NCAA tournaments and what he's been able to do over the last few years. Keenan, for Longhorn fans that maybe didn't watch a ton of Virginia with uh, Caden Shedrick, because you know it's such an exciting brand of basketball, and they could <laughs> and they couldn't stand that. Uh, tell them a little bit about Shedrick. How do you think he fits into what Rodney Terry may want to do, and then how can he fit in with uh, obviously Dylan Dessou deciding to come back? Uh, I think it's the perfect partner in crime for Dylan Dessou in the front court. Um, Shedrick, first of all. Shedrick only played 17 minutes a game, but um, his last game at Virginia, which was their loss to Furman in the first round of the NCAA tournament, he went like 15.7 boards, four blocks, or, or something like that. It just showed off his potential. Um, but the fact that he was playing that many minutes in a defense that is super, super discipline-based, right? The pack line defense that he runs, uh, Tony Bennett runs, you have to really be on top of 
uh, your your defensive awareness. And so he played in a system that really flexed his his mental, uh, his basketball IQ, I guess I would say. Um, so that's a huge sign of positivity, especially to play next to a guy like DeSue, who is less of a defensive big and more of a sort of finesse, scoring the basketball using skill big. So I really like the fit uh, with Shedrick next to DeSue. Keenan, I know you cover the draft. This upcoming draft is as deep as it gets. And looking at your list, you got Dylan Mitchell at 64th pick. And I know the NFL draft just came and went. It ain't like the NFL draft when there's seven <laughs> rounds and, you know, a lot of people make it. No, yeah. if you're 64th, that means you're not getting drafted, especially this year where I, I don't think pick 59 or 60 is available. And I know for Longhorn fans that could be exciting because right. that means more motive for him to come come back but you having them at 64 why is that I've been saying all year long he just isn't ready yet why do you have him at 64 on your list yeah so first of all I I want to I want to say I really like Dylan Mitchell I think he's a really good person and I think he's he has the potential to be a good player um you know I don't want people to think I'm just ragging on him because I'm not I just don't think he's particularly ready at this moment just because he sort of lacks um, an offensive skill set, uh, really of any kind. When when he was playing like at Montverde and playing in some of those AAU uh, tournaments and stuff, he put the ball on the deck a lot more. He would, you know, attack the basket. He was kind of a slasher, uh, you know, in high school. And then when he got to Texas, uh, he, he just really needs to tighten his handle, I think. And you know, if he could develop some sort of jump shot, because uh, because the the physical potential is absolutely there for him to be, you know, a pretty good player. You know, I saw him compared to Aaron Gordon uh, a couple of times. I can sort of see that, but I think if he really wants to be successful, he has to learn to put the ball on the deck, which Gordon can do to an extent. Um, and he is a good cutter, though, which is very helpful. He's really fast, so when he comes off cuts, uh, he can get to the rack pretty quickly. But yeah, I don't have his getting drafted on my board, I, you know, and it's not a shot at him. It's just this is a really talented draft that's really deep, a lot of super, a lot of really talented players uh, in this draft. So it'll be really interesting to see where he ends up. Keenan, as far as you know, is Dylan Mitchell one of those guys that's trying to leave the options open? I know the draft is, what, June 22nd, somewhere around there. So is it, it's earlier in June that if you're going to come back, you have to declare that, right? So do you think he's one of those guys that is he leaving the options open or from what you're hearing, does he already have, you know, full representation and everything? I mean, he did leave the option open to return to school. I don't think he will because I think somebody will draft him. And I think he'll get enough feedback saying somebody will draft him that he'll go pro because NIL is nice, but like, you know, the eventual goal is to get to the NBA and a guy with the physical attributes that Dylan Mitchell has, uh, you know, that's the type of guy that should be in the NBA. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think he'll return to Texas. But either way, wish Dylan the best. He's a really good dude. Keenan, Tyrese. Uh, Tyrese Hunter, he's not even on your list, which not surprised at all. There's a few things he needs to work on. Plus, like you said, this draft is just so thick. What do you think he's hearing from these NBA scouts, different feedback to if he, to where if he comes back to Texas, he's ready to go, and next year in a draft that's a lot lighter in depth, he'll be ready and be eligible. 
Yeah, here, here's my issue. Is, you know, you look at a guy like Kennedy Chandler, right? Similar player, similar build. He's actually, I think, bigger than Tyrese Hunter even, or at least the same size. Uh, he was drafted 35th or 37th or something last year from t- out of Tennessee. He was like a speed, speedy, you know, attack the basket, quick first step type of guard. And he got waived before the end of the season. So I think that is kind of an indicator of, like, it's hard. You have to be really, really elite at something if you're an undersized guard in the NBA. If you're six foot one, if you're six feet, you have to be either a sniper, you have to be incredibly quick with the ball, you have to be a Scoot Henderson type or something if you're under six three. Um, and Tyrese is good at a lot of things. I just don't think he's NBA ready at anything uh, to the level that would overcome his height problem, uh, which is unfortunate because he's a super talented player. And that's not to say he won't ever play in the NBA because I could see it uh, at some point. But I don't know. I think if I were him, I'd probably come back for another year or, or at least uh, do, do some other league or something before uh, trying to get drafted in the NBA. Talking with Keenan Womack, orangebloods.com. Keenan, obviously a ton of talk about Wimbenyama at the top of this draft, and we'll find out on, I think it's May 15th, coming up here, whether it's the Spurs or the Rockets or who is going to get Wimbenyama. Uh, outside of that, though, mm-hmm. give, give me another player right up there at the top that you love. Forget about fit, just one of your favorites that you can't wait to see how they transition to the NBA. Um, who else do you like up there at the top? Oh, man, this is an easy one for me, man. I love Amen Thompson, one of the two Thompson twins. He's the he's a 6'7 point guard. Um, yes, Overtime Elite is a weird league where he's playing against, like, 17-year-olds, and it's not great competition, but he has scalable traits, you know. He's just extremely athletic. So is his brother, but I like Amen because he's more of a point guard. I love the idea of having a hyper-athletic 6'7 point guard uh, who attacks the basket. Uh, he's, he, he's shown really good flashes of defensive intensity um, and, and ability on that side. He's super quick laterally. He's really good at guarding uh, people, uh, icing ball screens, that kind of thing. He's really quick with his lateral movement. Um, I just love his game, and I actually have him third on my board, um, which was sacrilege to some people who have Brandon Miller there. Mm. Uh, But, you know, if you're looking at comparing Amen Thompson and Brandon Miller, Amen has a higher ceiling. Miller definitely has a higher floor. If you're somebody like Detroit, I'd probably pick Miller uh, instead of Thompson. But Amen Thompson, man, I just love the potential. I'm really excited to see what he does. Gotcha. Keenan, I know you are you were really high on Christian Brown coming out of Kansas last year. I remember you telling me yes. how good he was going to be in the league. And then I'm watching him guard Kevin Durant last night, making life yes, rough dude. for him. How does that make you feel? Because you, you told me that really early it, on. <laughs> yeah, man. I love, I've loved Christian Brown's game since the beginning. I kind of got like Wesley Matthews vibes from him a little bit um, coming out of college. Um, but he's he's a great defender, man. He's like he's really athletic, uh, you know. And so he he's another guy that can move pretty quick laterally. He's disciplined when he goes up to contest shots. He's not leaning over and getting fouls called on him. He's playing that verticality game, uh, which is super difficult uh, to do just physically. But he's such a good athlete; he can make it happen. And uh, yeah, man, it, it gets me stoked when I see him play because I was I was all about him last year, and he's. 
Yeah, I mean, when you play for Bill Self and you, his role that he had last year winning the national championship and you see him in the playoffs now for Mike Malone to say, yo, rookie, you got Durant. And him go out there and Durant have the game that he did last night. I know he probably won't ever have that type of game. But, yeah, that kid, he'll be in the league for a while. Yeah, man, it's really cool to see him play. I, I'm just a big fan of his game, man. He's all effort, all energy. He just does, like, small things. He can hit threes. He can defend. He can put the ball in the deck a little bit. Like, he's just such a fun player to watch. He's so versatile. That is Keenan Womack. Check out orangebloods.com and uh, his coverage of Texas basketball, college basketball as well. Draft coming up in June uh, at Keenan Womack on Twitter. Keenan, we appreciate the time, man. Have a good week. Thank you, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Cam. Good stuff there. Good reaction to those stories. Obviously, some really some good and bad with the Texas men's team right now. Once again, Zay, last time we talked with him, didn't sound like he thought there was a chance Arterio Morris was going to be at Texas, uh, and he was right there. Doesn't sound like he thinks Dylan Mitchell is going to be thinking about coming back. He thinks he's going to hear enough from NBA folks that he's going to stick around. Even if he's at that boundary line at the bottom of the draft, he's going to give it a shot. Yeah, bet on yourself. You know, I mean, go to the G League, see what you could do there. And, you know, I know he made that Kenny Chandler comparison more to Tyrese Hunter, but for Dylan Mitchell, he's so athletic, teams are going to be willing to work with him to see what happens. And I just don't want him to be like a Greg Brown situation, which Greg, he's treading water on being out the league for good. He right. has to have some bounce back years, wanting to go to the G League, do some things. Maybe Did he get dropped a lot. from the G League as well? Or? I don't think so. He got dropped from – the Blazers, which didn't have a G League team, they're about to get one, ah, so they might pick okay. him back up. I got you. He was playing on the Clippers G League team okay. for some reason. Yeah, I don't know weird. how that works. We still have like, is it one or two NBA teams that still don't have an actual? Yeah, Craig Way was talking about it. Is with that us, right? the, the Suns and the Trailblazers Portland who are about to get one. Yeah, that's... so it'll just be the Suns. God, that is weird. Basketball is just trying to get caught up to where kind of like the structure that baseball's had in place for so long. Not even every team today has their own devoted developmental team. Yeah, and you see the Suns bench? They need a farm system. <laughs> they need a farm system. <laughs> they gotta develop these guys early because that bench is trash. Ooh, now how long, I hadn't looked at the minutes yet. How long, Durant went 44 and Booker went 45 last night and they still lost we said yesterday they may have to both go 48 they yeah. damn near did yo with that altitude that's tough yeah that really is that's that's a great point <laughs> that's tough the man. only good news for those guys is these series are are spreading out a little bit uh in some cases uh at camera is it that series that isn't gonna play again till wednesday I mean Wednesday. Is it going to play again until Friday? Friday. Yeah, is that what I think it is? So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So at least they get uh, a little time to rest and then uh, and then get reacclimated and and move locations. We'll get into some NBA uh, preview as the show goes on. That Lakers Warriors series begins tonight. We'll get your thoughts on that too. Specs text line three three seven three seven seven six. How interested are you to watch LeBron and his four rings take on Steph and his four rings and all the history that's been there? And they're going to try to start making some more tonight. We'll get more NBA talk in. Still talking football coming off of the draft. If you missed it earlier, Longhorn fans, B. John Robinson's going to wear number seven in Atlanta. All kinds of Michael Vick vibes come out of uh, my brain when I hear that. Yeah. Um, so he's going to have to make people think a little differently about that number seven. Yeah, somebody on Specs text line made a great point. Vic don't deserve no jersey retirement. 
I mean, his numbers weren't good enough. He basically let the whole franchise down. I just love yeah. Mike Vick, man. You weren't there playing Madden 2004. <laughs> I was. That was yeah. some of the greatest video gaming of my life, and that makes me put Mike Vick in a whole nother stratosphere. I need to come back down to earth. Even though he got those million-dollar contracts, he didn't a, live up to what he right. should have lived up no, to. No, it's, it's a weird place that they have, and I do understand, and I would agree with them not retiring the number. So it'll be interesting now just to see kind of how that, how that evolves as they just draft this guy and ultimately. Um, I'd be interested to hear that story, too. Was that Bijan's idea? Somebody with, on Bijan's side of it, was that Atlanta's idea to Bijan? You know, like when C.D. Lamb came to the Cowboys, he didn't want 88. Jerry kind of pushed it on him. Yeah, just forced it on him. They argued him into it, and then eventually he said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll grab that legacy. This is just a very different legacy. The 88 in Dallas is very different very than different. the 7 in Atlanta because there's a lot of greatness back then, but obviously there's a lot of let everybody down. Yeah. Crushed Arthur Blank's soul that year around draft time. Yeah, and Bijan, he's from Arizona. I don't think – and that era – of Mike Vick, he was a little ass kid. So that's, you know, he never saw that right. and he never experienced that just being from the area he lived in. Like he was watching maybe Kurt Warner, Larry Fitzgerald, guys like that. Reggie Bush, obviously, that's who he patented his game after. That's mm-hmm. why he rocked number five, but he wasn't. That's like a three-hour difference. You weren't paying attention to Atlanta, Georgia football back in that time. That's fair. I'm trying to think of last number. I mean, obviously, there hadn't been any number sevens in the NFL at all unless these last couple years, but sevens is a running back. That's a rarity. That is a rare, rare thing. I'm trying to think of it even at the college level and, and, you know, back in the day. It's just not many sevens I've seen as running backs uh, unless they were quarterbacks that were also running, obviously. All right, so we've hit that. Up next, it's your Flex 30 segment. Got baseball playoffs starting up, including a big matchup of a couple of Flex area teams. Plus, oh, they are lifting out in Liberty Hill. We'll tell you where you can go find that. A lot of cool stuff at Flex ATX on your social media. We'll tell you how to get hooked up there. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Oh man, oh man. Fantastic. Got chills when you playing this song, man. There's just certain there's just certain songs that Always, always have a special place. Mr. Stevie Wonder, ladies and gentlemen. Stevie! Higher Ground from Intervisions? Is that Intervisions or is it Songs in the Key of Life? It's one of those two. I think it's on one of those two albums. You know, the Night Talker always said Stevie wasn't blind. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot <laughs> That's of, my man. There's a lot of people that like that theory that Stevie Wonder <laughs> is not actually blind. That is... Wow. <laughs> Night Talker, I love you, dog. Why you would want to put yourself through that for all those years, that makes no sense. Yeah, that's one of the conspiracy theories. I've never quite understood the logic of that. The the one they always go to is, look at that thing where he was on stage and a mic stand started to fall, and he caught it. And like, Stevie Wonder was on a stage with mic stands and all of that. He's done that a little bit. Now, if Stevie Wonder goes walking through a random hospital and somebody throws a pair of scissors and he catches them, you come talk to me and we'll have a discussion. He was on a stage with mics and music equipment. That's his life. That's what he does. You're telling me there's no chance 
that he might have a little awareness to when a mic stand starts to fall and he might know how to catch one? Come on. Yeah, I think there's a video out there of Stevie Wonder trying to shoot a free throw. <laughs> and he botched the hell out of it, obviously. And I was like, yeah, uh, he's probably blind. Oh, my God. he's pro- The fact that we're in an age where people say things like, Stevie's probably blind. <laughs> That's sad. That's very sad. Stevie Wonder, Kiss, and the Bay City Rollers have all been on the show today. By the way, musically, on Thursday in the album swap, we're going Aerosmith, and Busta Rhymes this week. Zay's going to listen to Toys in the Attic from Aerosmith. I thought we would, you know, pay tribute to the announcement this week that Aerosmith's going back out one more time. So he's going to listen to Toys in the Attic. I'm going to listen to The Coming by Busta Rhymes. Jeff Howe was excited to hear that I'm listening to Busta Rhymes. He had another album he was going to suggest. The second one. I said, I'll get there. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, yeah, yeah I'm going to check this one out. I listened to it a little bit yesterday, track or two, trying to get into it. How is it so far? Honestly, I was a little distracted, so I can't comment. Okay. Can't comment. That's fair. Other things were going on, emails. One thing I hate about having the music on my phone is the emails come in and texts come in and interrupt the music. Yeah. That drives me nuts. Yeah, as a program director, you probably oh, got a lot of that going on. But I have on. to do the Yeah, if I got a lot going on. Yeah, I had to apologize to Busta a whole lot yesterday. Busta, I'm sorry. Hang on, guys. One second, one second. All right. Uh, a lot going on, obviously. We've got uh, continuing to clean up stuff off the NFL draft. B. John Robinson going number seven in Atlanta. We've had a lot of reaction to that today. Specs text line, 337-3776. Thanks to the texters reminding me, of all people, Leonard Fournette. Where's seven? Mm. Super Bowl champion Leonard Fournette, Super Bowl Fifty Five. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, Le- and he wore seven at LSU. Yeah, yeah. So no, Leonard Fournette was one of the greatest high school football players of all time. Oh, he's a beast, man. He is a beast. I know there was there were those jokes that year where he showed up at camp overweight and stuff like that after the Super Bowl, but he was a critical part of that Super Bowl run. They don't get that without Leonard. Yeah, no. I understand Tom Brady and all the other talent on that team. Leonard was a big dog that year. Why never? Why hasn't he ever upgraded his pads though? Like, you could get some better pads that aren't the LSU ones that you wore in college. Because the NFL doesn't put bad lists of those together. Yeah, clearly. They don't do that like they did with Tom and the helmets. Like, I get it. Michael Jordan wore his Tar Heel shorts under his Bull shorts every game. Yep. So I get the superstition thing, but wouldn't there be, like, a safety issue? Like, wear and tear? Different, I, you know, I would think, and I made a joke there, but I, I would literally think they would tell everybody not only the helmets that they're testing, wouldn't they be testing shoulder pads a lot? Yeah. I would think. You always see that purple just sneaking out of the jersey, and I'm like, dog. But they'll also let the big old defensive linemen wear those little bitty shoulder pads. Offensive linemen, too, you've noticed, they'll sometimes mm-hmm. wear little shoulder pads because there's less to grab. Yeah. So they, they'll do that as well. All right, uh, let's get you a little flex segment here and talk about some offers and videos and stuff. You can check out some of our local talent, plus something the Longhorns may want to pay attention to. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, I don't know if we are contributing to this conversation at all. We'll take a little bit of credit for it. But the Adrian Wilson offer list now includes OU. I'm just letting everybody know it already had Baylor, Tech, Oregon, TCU, uh, Utah, and UTSA. It now has OU, but as of right now, it does not have a Texas. It does not have a Texas A&M 
on it. So, if you are a follower of either Sark or Jimbo, you might want to let somebody know that Adrian Wilson's pretty damn good. He's got one-handed catches all over the place uh, on social media, and he has now let everyone know he got an offer from OU. This is the talented Weiss wide receiver, if you don't know the name, Adrian Wilson. We've been telling you about him for a while, uh, and good luck to Adrian picking a school that is going to be right for him. He yep. is class of 25. Like I said about him last week, you don't want get to on, get on too late. Right. You don't want to get on too late. And again, he needs that trust. Class of 25. Got time. Got a little time. This is junior year coming up. If he's class of 25, right? I'm doing that math right? Yes. Yeah. So there's time. But oh, you just offered. Mm-hmm. Just letting everybody know. And you've you pointed out all the time, Zay, how important that early relationship stuff is. This team's been with me all this time. If we get to the end of the line and he'll go back and say, Well, you know, Oregon was on me pretty early. And they've got NIL stuff and all that. So just just laying it out there. Yeah, man. Let you got to make know. sure you're comfortable. If certain guys are comfortable. They'll take that over the big-time blue blood route, especially if the parents are comfortable, the coaches are comfortable with the family, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They've been going after the kid since he was in middle school. That's tough. You saw uh, – you told me earlier, you saw something uh, updated on Marcus Boswell, the kid out of Lake Travis? Yes. Sam Houston State. Okay. Got offer from there. There you go. Congrats to Marcus for that. Which, which they moved up, right? They are. They're no longer D one Division two. Or I think. Ooh, where is Sam? I say they moved God, up. I can't even remember now. I can't remember how it's all dealt with. They're at a different level now because they don't play SFA anymore. Right. They don't play my wife's school anymore. I think they are moving to a low D. Are they going like Sun Belt? Is that what Sam's doing? Mm. Or some? I, I can't remember. The what whack. They're... Whack. Thank you. They're going the whack. Yeah, and that's well, no, yeah, because SFA is in that strange version of the whack now. I'm not sure what. Anyway, they're yeah, they've been moving there. So Sam, Sam offer for Marcus Boswell, uh, Chad Tutu, the D lineman from Weiss, UTSA visit coming up for him. Uh, the an offensive lineman from Weiss, twenty. This is class of twenty six. Threw out a tweet about a Texas Tech camp that is coming up. So uh, I know a lot of those kids are focused on that. Also, Zay, we have a new group of lifters at Flex ATX. Go at Flex ATX on your social media. We've told you about the Huddo Hippos lifting. Now we're getting Liberty Hill videos retweeted from the Flex crew. Liberty Hills kicker Connor Hawkins is a five star, and he can bench two oh five. If you want to go see the video. Check out Flex ATX on Twitter. They t- they tweeted out, "Can your kicker bench two oh five hours? Can <laughs> Wait, weightlifting smack talk videos is what's going on right now." Also, Zay, young man named Joe Pitchford um, for the same group. Joe Pitchford, Liberty Hill, squatting five hundy. Damn, five plates on each side, bar bending down and everything. Shout out to Liberty Hill. They are lifting weights out there, man. Hey, that's what you got to do this time of the year. You got to yep. get big. You got to get in that weight room so you're prepared for when fall comes around. If you've got your weightlifting videos, your workout videos, if you've got some Adrian Wilson-like one-handed catch videos you want to throw out there, make sure to tag FLXATX. Also, Zay, how about this for a baseball series? A little Westlake Vandegrift coming up. Playoffs getting started. It is Thursday at Vandergriff. It is Friday and Saturday, if necessary, at Westlake. Oh, I remember those days. Two out of three. Baseball playoffs. Here we go. So much fun. One one game, one place. Go to the other place for the other one. Yeah. Higher-seeded team gets the two games if they need it. 
Let's go. That's dope. That's good stuff. Best of luck to those teams. Westlake and Vandegrift getting together to start the baseball playoffs. Is Westlake still top five? Uh, that's a good question. I do not know. They're one of the best teams in the state. I, I think I would assume yes. Like multiple guys going to Texas and stuff. Guys getting drafted. They're for real. They're, they're pretty. Real. They're pretty good. Oh, they're for real. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty play. good. Uh, the Bulldogs took them down though. I don't know where we're at, but we took them down once. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters sometimes. Got one game. That's what TCU's bragging about. That one game yesterday. They got it done. Yeah. 15-7 one time. Sometimes I can make or break a season. Yeah, you never know. Never know. TCU did get that one game from Texas yesterday. Seven-run fourth inning certainly didn't hurt. TCU had six different batters get multiple hits in that game. Damn, were we tipping pitches? Yeesh. Yeah, Tanner Witt, we told you, did not get off to a great start uh, with his 23 pitches. And then really – Everybody else was – I mean, it wasn't just him. Everybody was giving up runs uh, for Texas yesterday. Texas uh, does not have any midweek game this week. They will go at Kansas this weekend. Up next is Where Are We At in Society with Zay. We'll get back to the NBA stuff in the 2 o'clock hour, including the preview of that incredible Lakers-Warriors series. Plus, in your 2 o'clock hour, one spot has become open in the mullet open. Bucky let us know earlier. We're going to give you a chance to jump in that mullet open if you got your golf clubs ready and if you can do it on Friday. So stay with us in that 2 o'clock hour. We'll tell you how to get it done. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Chad and Zay. Rolling through a Tuesday. Uh, another one I know the song. I know Boogeyman. I don't know who does it, though. Is this a group or an individual? Group. Um, they have hits. Is this uh, like Casey and the Sunshine Band? There we go. Okay. Yeah. They do have hits. Oh, my oh, man. God. They're one of those. And they're also very, not a lot of bands did it exactly the way they did it. Sounded like they sounded. And then you start listening to the, yeah, that's a, that's one of those bands. If you went and saw them live, it'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a lot of that. Casey and the Sunshine Band, Stevie Wonder, Kiss, and Bay City Rollers all on the show today. We hope you're having a great Tuesday. More NBA talk coming up at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. LeBron and Steph getting together tonight. The Warriors uh, hoping they can get in position. It's a crazy series to be this early in the playoffs with all the history and all the ring discussion because normally when these two teams get together, or I should say when LeBron's team and the Warriors get together, it is it has been for a title. It obviously is not uh, now. They're just trying to set themselves up. So we'll get into that series coming up. We've been talking a lot of football today as well. More national Bijan love coming off of this draft. We'll get you more of that. By the way, Chad, Sam Houston, they're actually going to the Conference USA. Thank okay. You, people on the specs. CUSA. See, I knew it wasn't the WAC because that new strange WAC is where SFA's living, and I think they're going to stay, but I knew uh, Sam was moving on because they played their last game this year. 
yeah. this past football season. Uh, sadly, those two aren't going to play anymore. But, yeah, you're right. That, that's a good call. Sam is moving up. Uh, so when you get the offer from Sam nowadays, that's a little different. Um, headed into, into CUSA. Yeah, group five. Yeah, good call. A little G5 action there now for Sam. Have to get used to that. All right, let's go where we at in society and see what Zay wants to talk about today. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, what do we got? Well, you're going to an XFL game this weekend. I and am. Next pe- weekend. Next, next they, weekend. I'm sorry. Excuse they, me. They take a week off for the championship me. game, Zay. I'm sorry. I mean, it's big time football. Next weekend. Yeah, yeah. elite football. Uh-huh. Especially, according to this quarterback, Ben DiNucci Uh-oh. of the Seattle Sea Dragons. Sea Dragons uh-huh. said on that. Chasing Player 54, chasing the XFL dream. I guess that's the ESPN Plus yeah, behind-the-scenes Yeah, a little thing. docu-series. Yeah, a little docu-series. Thing. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. This fool says this is probably the best wide receiver room I've been in. Mm. Talking about his Seattle Sea Dragons. Now, he does have Josh Gordon in that room. Okay. That's the one guy I'll give him there. All right, well, let's go down the list. Let's see if you know any of these other guys that might be up to par with, I don't know, the Bengals. They have a pretty good wide receiver room. Now, again. The Dolphins. No, no, the one you said he's been in, right? Okay, so what teams has he been been on? Danucci was with the Cowboys. Okay. So that's the thing. You'd you'd be comparing him to, would Danucci have been in a room Pre or post Amari Cooper, and then you'd go from there. But that, he's been in a room with CD Lamb and CD Lamb. Amari Cooper, right? I can't remember if he would have been there with CD and Amari, or but it's still you got. Um, why can't I think of the guy's name? Colorado State. My uh, what's his name? Uh, the the two or three receiver for the Cowboys, Gallup. You know, with Gallup yeah. with those tight ends, Schultz at tight end. Um. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, who else is in the room with? I know Gordon for sure, but I can't think of anybody else right now. Uh, Jacor Pearson. Pearson's been pretty good this year. Yeah. I mean, he's made plays. <laughs> All right. Jawan Green. Yeah. Blake Jackson. Okay. Jordan Vesley. Vesley. Yeah. I mean, th- that group has been has been really talented. I think he's trying to give him a little extra love there. I wouldn't have said it's the best receivers room he's been in. This is how you never get back to the NFL. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. You basically said I'm never coming back to the NFL ever again <laughs> with this statement. Oh, I my mean, God. look, I get it, bigging up your guys, giving them confidence, but we know. I talk about it all the time. Don't be delusional. Now, Cam Newton. Let's go back real quick. Did he say most talented or did he say best? This is probably the best wide receiver room I've been in. Okay. By saying best, maybe we could give him a little leeway. He could be talking about the whole full package, communication, we get along. Maybe that's it. Oh, you're going Gary Payton, man. You're reaching. Trying to stretch it out a little bit. You're reaching. Trying to give this XFL guy a little bit of love. Uh, Maybe a little chance to – I'm trying to give him a little bit of – you know, a little more, little more rope in this discussion Did or just, leash in this discussion because it's it's going to tighten up on him pretty fast. He was just on that 2020 Cowboys team. That's it. That means he's there with Amari, wasn't it? He would have been there with Amari. That's before he was gone in 2020. That sounds right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that was a pretty good room. Yeah, it was. It's a good room. It's a good room. A it, lot of Cowboys fans are still salty that Jerry gave all that up. Or basically gave up Amari for nothing with what all these wide receivers have been getting paid 
and what Amari was asking for and got, like, it still doesn't make much sense. But, I mean, he did give CeeDee Lamb 88 for a reason. Yeah, no, that's true. And, hey, Josh Gordon did make that badass catch going backwards early on in week one or whatever that was in the XFL season. It freaked Ben DiNucci out. He was so excited. If you replace best for highest wide receiver room I've ever been in, that'd be more accurate. <laughs> Again, but the word best could be taken a lot of different ways. Like, had, had he said most talented, I can't walk him out of that no, one. Ben Anucci, this is the highest wide receiver room I've ever been in. <laughs> These guys are always blazed. Oh, my God. Yeah, Danucci's had, uh, Danucci had some, some tough times uh, in the NFL or in the NFL, in the XFL this season. But I will point out, that Seattle team was in the division championship, and they were 7-3. and three. So, had a decent year. Mm. The, the question coming out of that league and USFL, it's just who gets, again, who gets those opportunities, what receivers are going to get looks, what, you know, re, what quarterbacks are going to get a chance to go be backups. And Danucci, Te'amu, this you know, Lopez kid we were talking about earlier, the, excuse me, Perez that's with, uh, with Arlington, they'll all get – are they going to get those opportunities first? Will they get in the mix on an NFL team? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're in the XFL with this season about to end, and I know the USFL just started, can you go jump ship? Because I'm sure there's going to be some guys that want to keep playing. I mean, 10 games, not very much if you compare it to the NFL season. So why not if you want to keep on playing? If USFL is going to give you opportunity. Why not? Yeah, I think you'd have to be. I mean, you'd have to get like a release from the XFL and then get that opportunity. Yeah. Okay, so there's but contracts I'm, for multiple years. Maybe like there's guys getting like three year contracts. Like I would assume there's like maybe there's two year deals or I don't know. Maybe like it is year to year. Maybe it is a year to year, and when it's when it's done, it's done. We'll probably see guys jumping around. I told you those two quarterbacks that are going to play in the championship game in the XFL. They've both been in the USFL. The other XFL before you know the pandemic, and they're all just looking for a chance. Hey, give him that chance. I wouldn't be a Taylor Haneke fan if he didn't get that chance. That's right. He worked his way through. Somebody said Taylor Haneke's a bum. All right, keep talking smoke. <laughs> keep talking smoke. Bijan's gonna try to make him look good. Yo, Bijan <laughs> can make a lot of guys look good. Uh-huh. We all know that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Think about that play action game. Shoot, Haneke just don't muck it up. Yeah, we know he can, and you know he's capable, but he's also capable of winning you games. Yep. I'm telling you, Falcons, NFC South champs. I'm calling it right now. Mm-hmm. Easy money. Look at that. Easy money, Bryce Young. Who? Bryce Young, who? Where you at, huh? It's a gettable division. So you're saying they're going Baker to, Mayfield, huh? They're going to take out the Baker Mayfield and the Derek Carr. Derek Carr, we ain't worried about him. Okay. We ain't worry about Derek Carr. No, okay. we good. We good. Or the Bryce Young. Like That's what I'm saying. Bryce Young, who? We ain't worried about that. Not either. worried. Okay. We ain't worried about that either. All right. Fair enough. Uh, slowly and uh, slowly but surely, Zay is becoming a Falcons fan. He's ready to order his number seven. <laughs> Jersey. Getting Hitting that, that dirty. dirty bird right now. Y'all see me on YouTube uh-huh. and Twitch, baby. Gotta hit that thing. Jamal Anderson would be both proud and terrified Yo, right now. Just give me some lemon pepper wings, stripper from Magic City, a Bijan jersey, and I'm Atlanta out. There it is. There it is. Now, you know that means you have to hate the Saints, right? I mean, hate the Saints. That is a, well, you th- know. That is a long-standing, deep south NFL rivalry, you have to hate those people. I mean, that's one of the first things you got to know. That's your rival. You okay with that? No. I love me some gumbo. Okay. I didn't say you couldn't eat gumbo. Yeah. I said you need to root against the Saints. 
You need to root actively against Derek Carr and everything that is the Saints. I mean, Breeze is gone, obviously, so the Austin tie isn't there no more. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Vaccaro on that roster no, right now. No, Vaccaro's not yeah. bingo. I, I don't um, think that's there anymore. I like Tyron Matthew, but no ties to him. Okay. Yeah, uh, there might be there might be some hater to this. You may have to learn. Some, you know, you have to <laughs> learn that rivalry. <laughs> they say you have to be taught to hate. Say Falcons fans may need to teach you that one. All right, uh, coming up, we'll get back into the NBA as well. How about tonight's matchup? Game one, Lakers at Golden State to get that series started. Plus, Miami and New York are in game two, and it's probably going to be a must win tonight for the Knicks at MSG. We'll get into those. Plus, we got a spot opened up at the Mullet Open. Bucky found an open spot. Could be for you. We'll tell you how you can get that spot next hour. Stay with us. It's the Horn.